Well, good morning. My name is Reagan Gilliland, pastor of adult discipleship here at Christ United. And as Chris said in the greeting, today we are celebrating women in ministry. Yeah! <laughs> So I am thrilled uh, to be part of a denomination that uplifts and affirms women that we have been fully ordained for over 60 years. And I know some of you, if you've grown up Methodist, or maybe you just think, well, well, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but even last week, I had a conversation with someone that said, oh, so wait, I didn't know women could be pastors, or I didn't know they could preach. And I'm like, yeah, and we're real good, too. So, so I'm just excited to be part of the denomination. and just blessed to be part of this local congregation. So we are in week three of our series, It's Complicated, and we've been talking about Abraham and Sarah, and so today we thought it was fitting to focus on Sarah. Now, if you've missed the last two weeks, you won't be lost, but I would encourage you to go back and listen to those. Um, Chris preached the first two weeks. Um, But today, as I was revisiting this familiar story of Sarah. I know many of you are probably familiar uh, with her. You know, I, I discover that, you know, I actually relate to her a lot more than I thought. And I thought, man, the more I know about her, I think she's a really good matriarch for our faith. So I want us to, um, I'm going to walk us through We're going to be reading in chapter 21 today, but I'm going to make us go back to 12, and I'm going to briefly kind of tell you what's been happening so then uh, we have a more deeper uh, understanding or appreciation for what we read today. So in chapter 12, when Abram comes to um, Sarai, he said, hey, God came to me, said, we got to pack up and we got to move. Uh, We've got this promise to be a great nation and and some things, I'm not quite sure, but we're going to... We're going to go ahead and head out of Dodge. And it wasn't like today. We're like, okay, let me get on Zillow. Let's see. I want 4-3. I want an open concept a house. I want granite countertops. I want a pool. I want a great yard. I want a great master bath. We got this. No, she had no idea where they were headed or what exactly uh, was there for them, how it was all going to unfold. And then they go to Egypt. There's a famine. They meet Pharaoh. Abram lies and said that Sarah, uh, Sarai is his sister. You can read a little bit more in 12 to see what happens. They, they leave. And then in chapter 13, the beginning, it says, you know, Abram with his wife, but her name is not actually mentioned. And then we go through chapter 14 and 15, and she's not mentioned either. But there's a lot going on. There's traveling, there's talking to kings, there's dreams, there's visions, there's all these things going. God, again, reminding Abram, okay, this is what's going to happen. This is what you have to look forward to. And I just had to kind of scratch my head and think, what, what's going on with Sarai through all of this? What is, she, what is being communicated to her? I have some thoughts on that later. And then we get to chapter 16, and chapter 16 is not the best part of Sarah's, Sarai's story, not the worst, but at, by this point, you know, she is, she's tired. She's worn out. She keeps waiting for this promise of a child of this heir, and so she's a little conflicted. And so she decides that Abram should take Hagar, who's uh, her slave or maidservant, and said, okay, take her as your wife, and have a child. Now, I know this is a little different, but it was actually fairly common at this time, if you were barren, that your husband would take another wife, sometimes a slave, and then you'd raise that child. 
But of course, this is not what God said to do. This was outside God's plan. And we realize once she does, um, once Hagar does conceive, Sarai has a big problem with it, even though it was her idea. <laughs> and she's really harsh. And so Hagar runs away. She does come back, but she runs away. And then we get to chapter 17, where God makes a covenant. There's a name change. Now they're Abraham and Sarah. Um, God says, We're gonna, I'm going to bless you with the son. And in chapter 18, which is what Chris preached on last week, three mysterious visitors come, and again, they confirm Sarah will have a son. And then chapter 19 is Sodom and Gomorrah, which is a subject or sermon for another day. We're just going to keep going. But Sarah is not mentioned in chapter 19 either. And then chapter 20, Abraham and Sarah travel. They meet a king. Abraham lies again, says, yeah, she's my sister. Sarah says, yeah, he's my brother. You can go back and read more about chapter 20 later. And now we're in chapter 21, where we're going to read today. So we'll be in Genesis chapter 21, 1 through 12. The Lord dealt with Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time in which God had spoken to him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to his son whom Sarah bore him. And Abraham circumcised his, his son Isaac when he was eight days old as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Now Sarah said, God has brought laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, who would ever have said to Abraham and Sarah would nurse children, and yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Let's keep reading. The child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, playing with her son Isaac. So she said to Abraham, cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not inherit along with my son Isaac. The matter was very distressing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, do not be distressed because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you, for it's through Isaac that offspring shall be named for you. So word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So chapter 21, Isaac is born. Sarah finally, finally has a child of her own. She's holding her own baby. Her baby is cuddled up on her chest. He knows her scent. He knows her voice. He knows or he's soothed by her heartbeat. I mean, can you imagine how sacred and holy this moment must have been for her? This long-awaited child, this long-awaited promise. And I have to point out, she hadn't been waiting since God told Abram this was going to happen. No, she had been waiting for a child most likely her whole life. Because when God first showed up to talk to Abram, they were already quite old, way past when you would have children already. But I bet she had been waiting since she was a child. She had seen her friends give birth, become grandparents, most likely great-grandparents. So she has this child. Abraham and Sarah are surrounding their own child. It's been a long, long 
journey to get to this point. And so in this portion of the story, I think, man, Sarah is incredibly strong. She's resilient, she's patient, and she's faithful. But Sarah also made some mistakes along the way. And so today I'm going to ask you um, to pull out the Bibles out of your pew if you don't have one today. I'm going to actually ask you to pull them out if you're at home, if you've got a Bible nearby. And I want you to open to Genesis 12. So in this part, we know that um, God comes and talks to Abram. And so I thought you could just do a quick scan on chapter 12 when God talks to Sarai. So go ahead and look. Are you having a hard time finding it? Yeah, it didn't happen. That's why (laughs) it's not there. (laughs) And so I started thinking, oh, God never really speaks directly to Sarah. Now, maybe it's not recorded. We don't, you know, not everything's exact, but it started, made me think, like, huh, it reminds me in the beginning, when, very beginning, when God never told Eve directly, don't eat from the tree. God only told Adam, and we all know how good couples communicate, so really, it was Adam's fault. (laughs) But I think, okay, so God never took the time, so at least this is what I'm kind of reading, and maybe I'm having a little fun with the story. But it made me think, man, Sarah really kind of walked blindly when she first packed up and moved. I mean, she didn't know much. It was just what Abram told her. I'm sure she was like, God told you what? (laughs) God wants us to do what? That seems ludicrous. And so the amount of faith that she had to have to leave that place, stronger than probably the faith I have most days. And then as we move to chapter 13, as I mentioned earlier, beginning says, so Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife, but not her name. Then we keep reading, and there's not a lot about her. Her name's not mentioned and then chapter 14, 15, not even his wife. Like, she is nowhere to be found. And there's a lot of action. I mean, you can read probably the headlines of each kind of chapter, what's going on. There's things moving and a shaking. But Sarah is not involved in any of it. So I want us to put our feet in her shoes, or her sandals, I guess is more appropriate, and think about her experience. So Abram is, you know, going off and doing things and rescuing people and meeting kings, and things seem to be moving and progressing for him. But Sarah is left waiting with not a lot of answers. She had no idea that this journey would have so many side stories and so many adventures. She just left in the dark. And so days go by, weeks go by, months, years, and she has nothing. She left all her friends, her family, everything that was familiar, and so now she's isolated, she's alone. Most likely she was probably depressed. 
Sure, she's got livestock, she's got slaves and goods, but that's not what she wants. That's not why she packed up and moved. And so as I think about the chapters where there's not anything mentioned about her, and I think about what she's thinking and going through, I, I know it's probably building. Desperation. Desperation. A feeling of urgency. She feels like the clock is ticking. She feels like she is running out of time. And on top of that, she probably has guilt because it's so important to provide an heir for your husband. Lineage and carrying all that on was so deeply important at this time, and she can't do it. And then, for sure, I'm, I guarantee people have probably said, well, you probably did something, and that's why you can't have a kid. And so she has this shame and this guilt, and she carries this around, and she thinks, God, shouldn't the child be here by now? How much longer do I have to wait? Did we mess it up? Did you change your mind? And so she's desperate. She's desperate to make a way. She's desperate to make something happen. And so in chapter 16, we read she gives Abram Hagar. She's convinced herself that this is the only way. Desperation makes us do unexpected things. And once Hagar conceives, as I said before, Sarai deals really harshly with her, and she ends up running away, which is frustrating to me because, again, I'm like, Sarai, like, you did this. <laughs> How did you think this was all going to play out? I want to reach into this story and say, I told you so. I told you so. But people do not like to hear that. <laughs> but then we get to chapter 21, and Isaac is born, and it's this Beautiful. I mean, if you have been journeying with him, you're maybe crying at this point. And it's this beautiful moment, because I feel like in this moment, Sarah is awestruck. She is amazed. She has a level of faith and belief and trust that after all this time, the promise is finally here. God did what God said. But then we read just a few verses later that she sends Hagar and Ishmael away into the wilderness. And I don't like this part of the story. I don't like Sarah at this moment. I don't like that she demanded, she said, she didn't request, she demanded Abraham send them away. I also don't like that Abraham just agreed to it. Come on, Abraham. <laughs> And I think, why was this necessary, Sarah? You had your child. You had your promise. Things were good, right? And it was your idea. Once again, it was your idea that Abraham take Hagar. But humans are complicated. Sometimes we decide to do things and we say, oh, actually, I don't like that. <laughs> that wasn't a good decision. But I wonder, was it really jealousy? Was it worry that Abraham might love Ishmael more than Isaac? Was she worried they would be compared? Was she really worried that Ishmael was going to take more of the inheritance? I don't know. But I have to wonder, maybe having Hagar and Ishmael there was this constant reminder to her 
of her misstep, her unbelief, her time where she did not trust God. And that constant reminder was too much for her to handle. It reminded her that she messed up and so she had in shame, she had shame, embarrassment, guilt, sadness, anger at herself. I don't know. It's complicated. See, Sarah is entirely flawed. And she's also faithful. She's complicated because she's human, so much like us. I'm thankful I have her story because it reminds me that even when I have missteps, when I have um, a hard time trusting, um, that I can still believe and I can still be faithful. See, despite all the complications in the story to get to Isaac, God still came through. God redeemed what went wrong. God made a way when there seemed to be none. God kept a promise. God absolutely could have said at any time, deal is off the table. You all have messed up. You haven't listened. You've taken all these side things. No, I'm done. I'm going to find someone new. But God didn't. And to me, as I read this story, I'm like, this is an incredible act of grace. It's this grace and this love that God had for Abraham and Sarah, and that same grace and love God has for us, too. We often get things or blessed with things that we certainly don't earn or we don't deserve, but it's out of God's love and grace for us. And so I pray that Sarah's story reminds us that we don't have to be remembered by our worst moment, that we are more than our mistakes. It gives me hope. It gives me hope and reminds me that God is still with me. God forgives. God has unending love and grace for me and for you. Sarah didn't always choose right. But neither do we. But to see how God responds to Sarah after everything surely makes me want to know this God more. I pray you do as well. Amen.